Now, wherever you're at, just sort of sit. Young people, you'll probably want to hear this. It's such, such a key time and such a key message for us right now. I've been traveling. I do want to say thank you for praying for me. The uh, show that uh, PowerPoint of James and Robin and what they'll be doing. We've got two new things for you. And this week is very important for us as we move forward into it. One new thing that we'll be doing, uh, and Robin, stand up. Let's thank God for Robin and James. Uh, They're here. One new thing we'll be doing is what we just sang. Starting Monday night at 7 p.m. for uh, three, at least three months, we will see we're going to start the day after Feast of Tabernacle, and we're going to celebrate in here on the day of Hanukkah, the beginning of Hanukkah. And one of the things James and Robin will be doing is leading us on in the upper room, which where the prayer tower used to be, uh, the upper room in worship. And we're calling it the lift because if we don't enter into the law of lift, we can't get into this joy we keep saying and prophesying about. So I want to encourage you Monday night at 7 p.m., go to that worship lift and enter in and be lifted. Now, tell somebody, I'm ready to be lifted up. I've asked them to start with them and then move us in to a new place. Now, uh, so, some of you wonder, what is the law of lift? Show, show them that, Brian, so we can see it and get on the same page. See, the issue of a plane taking off is the law of lift. And uh, say out loud, I'm ready to take off. And what happens to us is we persist in our state of rest, our uniform motion, the way that we just live in a straight line. It's really what Lisa was prophesying about. Uh, Unless it is compelled to change that state by the forces that are being impressed upon it. So if we get into the law of lift spiritually, that means the spiritual forces are coming in and shifting you up to a new place. That means when you worship, depression's going to have to shift off of you. Oppression's going to have to shift off of you. Look at somebody and say, lift it up. Now, we got something else we want to encourage. Some of y'all just need uh, uh, Jennifer, uh, the beehole down there really has some awesome, some of y'all need a shot of something. I've said before, you know, if you need to take a pill, take a pill. Need to get a shot, get a shot. You need to get a facial, get a facial. But Jennifer this week, starting right after church, is going to be doing B12 shots. Some of y'all need some B12. You need a shot. And so that is so important to make sure that your chemical interaction in your body also, no different than a plane. If it doesn't have those hydraulics in order, we got problems. So sometimes your hydraulics need to be in order. So you can lift it. Tell somebody, lift it. Now, so 
This week is important. I have loved Wednesday nights. I've loved Thursday nights. I've loved what we've been doing on Friday night. This is Shabbat. Let's thank God for Shabbat. See, here's another way of thinking of Shabbat. You need to park at the gate. You don't, you can't, you keep flying, you're going to run out of gas. So, you need to come in for a landing, park at the gate. And then see where you've come from and get your orders over where you're going. That's what Shabbat's about. And that's what rest is. But then on Monday when we do lift, look at somebody. You'll lift it up and move on. Now, another thing is it is Robert Heidler's birthday. Please stand up. We love it. And, you know, he begs me every year to be a true apostle and send him to Tahiti. I said, well, Robert, I just hadn't heard Tahiti yet. But he is going to Florida for a little vacation this week, so we bless you. And, you know, somebody who helps us lift it up is Celestine Patu Pierce. It's her birthday, too. Let's thank God for her. Say, lift it, teen. Lift it. <laughs> uh, wow. It's starting off pretty good. Uh, now, I've been traveling. Uh, the meeting I went to in Alabama, I do want to go on record saying this. It was the best meeting I have been in since 2007. When God caught me up, when I was with John and Cheryl in New Jersey, we have New Jersey and Oregon visiting us today. Stand up. Let's thank God for them. They both come. I love it. When I went to Oregon and the Lord fell on me and caught me up for four hours and showed me the United States, showed me uh, what it would look like by 2026, and what we would have to do to see changes in it, the first state he showed me that would come into a dimension of glory that would cause the whole state to recognize that he's moving in covenant with them was Alabama. And now it is 2022, October, Feast of Tabernacles. And when we did that meeting... Every county was represented. All of the, they have formed 16 apostolic centers throughout the state. All of those were represented. And every first people tribe in the state, all nine were represented. God is doing what he said he was going to do. And then, of course, I was in the valley uh, this weekend, and we got back yesterday, and uh, the valley, it was just an awesome meeting down in South Texas, which that's where one of the key wars will be for our future, in along the border of Texas, and uh, God was moving. I'd, I'd never felt the spirit, Barbara, that strong down there, Barbara Wintrouble, and I used to go all the time down there. And it was like plowing uh, through quicksand. And yet the Spirit of God was so strong. So I know God is shifting South Texas. Let's thank God for that. Now, there's several things I want you to say. First of all, I want us to thank God for the rain. Thank God for the rain. Hosea 6 says, ask for the rain, the former and latter rain. Someone came to me. I remember when Amber 
got up here and had had a dream and there was no rain in sight. And the Lord said, told her to come up here and lead us in thanking him for the rain. It rained all week. It hasn't rained since then. I had people call me and say, you need to get us decreeing again that it will rain. And I said, well, I'm watching for a sign because on tabernacles, if we are moving correctly, biblically, it rains. And let's thank God one more time that it rained. So I had to watch through today to see if we were moving right. (laughs) And you know what? I think we're doing all right. Tell somebody. I don't take it for granted, people. I got a big family, and y'all are a big family, and all of you out there on the web. So I got to make sure we're moving okay. Now, now, I want you to say this out loud. Life is a process. See, sometimes we forget that. We get caught up in the moment of our circumstance. We get caught up in the moment of our confusion. And we forget that life is a process. That means things are coming together and working together for good because we love him. And if we lean into that love that we were worshiping about, we see the process right. And also, I want you to say out loud, I am a work in progress. And since you are a work in progress, if you don't see the process, you're going to get lost in what God's doing in your life. Because it's a process and you're a progress and you are having to determine how you are going to advance. And that will continue because there's one thing we all experience. See, we're offered life, but there comes a point where our life process here on earth ends. Now, every one of us will experience that. The only one that we know of that didn't experience that and came back and proved himself is Yeshua, the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's why we worship him. He proved that he was God and he raised from the dead and demonstrated himself for 50 straight days in the earth realm. Now, that makes us believe in the process of resurrection. And that is part of our process. And so we want to know that we're progressing toward a moment where we experience a full resurrection. And we can't operate in fear of that moment. We have to keep going. Now, there's something else. The Word of God says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name, and forget not His benefits. Now, say out loud, He's got lots of benefits for me. And one of the reasons that we have to gather together like we are gathered together and all of you on the web gathered with us is because we want to celebrate his benefits. Don't ever forget that. I would hate to come to church and not celebrate. Why come? Say it again. I, I, somebody, I, I think that was, somebody said it. That's the truth. You got to, Robin, you go, you're going to take over Elaine's job today, honey. That's the truth. I'm telling you. Now, one last thing. 
The Lord has a goal for you. And it is to live in Him in joy. And if you forget a benefit, you lose joy. Tell somebody, I am pressing toward joy. Now, Michelle said it as she sang it to us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, I want to I look at that because we're living in that moment right now that the Lord spoke to us about that. And if we don't grab hold to the moment, we lose where the Lord's trying to take us. And what happened was the people had gone into captivity for 70 years in Babylon. You know, they were a mess. That's why I check us out every week. Because they didn't get into being a mess overnight. It took them a long time to get into that mess, but the mess resulted in captivity. And that's what happens with our messes. And so when they came out of captivity... In Ezra and Nehemiah, Ezra and Nehemiah called them all together in Jerusalem, and they started uncovering the word to them. Well, when they started hearing the word, because they had grown hardened to the word, when they started hearing the word, all of a sudden, they went into great travail and weeping. And because they realized how much sin had deviated them from the path they were in. But then, this is what Nehemiah said to them. He said to them, he said, uh, this isn't a day for you to mourn and weep. Verse 9. For such a day as this, today is a sacred day. Now that is today. Everybody say today. today. I mean today, today in the Bible. We are right here today recognizing this verse that was spoken about today. All right. For the people had been weeping because they hadn't listened to the words of the Lord. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich food, sweet drinks, share gifts of food with people who don't have anything prepared. This is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Is there people of joy today? Today! Today! In other words, you have been a mess for 70 years, but you ain't supposed to be it today. Tell somebody there comes a day where your mess needs to clean up. And it was the first time they had celebrated this in seven decades. And he was saying, wait a minute. We ain't going to get down, bogged down over all the mess of our past. We're going to celebrate today. And if you celebrate today, you will gain a new resistance. This is what strength means. So that you can resist the attacks in your future. This Feast of Tabernacles is more important than we would ever know. Because of where we are headed the next four years. And the Lord is making sure we understand that today, as it is called today, this is what Hebrews said, is very important. And remember where we're headed into this whole year, what this year means. 
what this year means. It means the war for divine recovery is now in process. And we're going to have to progress into that war with strength. And if we progress into that war with strength today, we will recover all. And then we'll find some new supply routes that we've never found before. Now, when we say we're going to recover, what are we talking about? We can recover and restore. The first thing the Lord said he's going to restore is your joy. Or you're not going to have the strength to enter into the rest of what he wants to restore. And then if you enter into strength, he can restore everything that's been stolen from your pasture. Say, I want it all back. I want it all. You each have a pasture. We grew up with pasture after pasture that we had to uh, steward. You have a pasture and the enemy loves to break down the fence, go in and get things out of your pasture. We mess up. What he was saying is, you've been a mess for 70 years, but if you'll just stop and rejoice during Feast of Tabernacles, I will restore your wasted years. Stand up and rejoice this morning. Come on, stand up and rejoice. He is restoring all you've lost. Hallelujah. Wait a minute. Stay standing. We'll stand through all this. You have had past defeats which produces which produce reproaches upon you and the lord says i'm going to restore your past defeats and put a garment of triumph on you and then he's saying some of you have been on this emotional roller coaster too long I am ready to restore your spiritual stability and if you'll let me restore your spiritual stability I will restore your financial stability America hear the word of the Lord Say, America, wake up! America, wake up! And the Lord would say to this nation, I am developing a backbone in you. And the Lord says that this is a backbone not based in political ideology, but it's based in the joy of the Lord. I say from across this nation, get a backbone for the next 40 days, and I will flip a switch in this nation that has been bubbling for the past two years. The Lord says, get a backbone. America says the spirit of the Lord, for I desire a joyful house this hour. I'm flipping a switch in the state of New York this hour, says the Lord. And I will surprise America through that state. I am flipping a switch. Do not be sad. Get a backbone, America. Get a backbone this hour, says the spirit of the Lord. Shout, flip a switch, Lord, flip a switch. Well, well, tell somebody next to you, he is going to flip that switch for you. Yes. In the name of the Lord, rise up. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up. Wow. Now. You may be seated because this is where the Lord had to deal with me for four hours last night and get me up at four this morning because he said, you don't have this the way I want it presented. I mean, you know, 
I, I know a lot. But knowing ain't what he wants us to say sometimes. And prophetic isn't just knowing and saying what you know the truth is about something. Prophetic is expressing how God wants it expressed. Amen. And here's what he said to me. He said, I'm going to remove doubt, unbelief, and trauma and thrust you into the future. I said, well, Lord, I've taught entire seminars on doubt, unbelief, and trauma. I've written books that are filled with understanding on that. And I said, so what are you saying? And all of a sudden, he began to speak to me this morning at 5.30. And he said this, you're at a valley of decision. And he said, you're going to have to make a choice right now. And again, I think this message is for America. And I think it's for each one of us because we represent America. Look at somebody and say, if you live here, you are part of this. And another thing we don't have to do, quit doing is keep saying how bad America is. Thank you. Yes. Because we are America. Say that again. People used to tell me how bad those pierces were, and I said, but I am one. <laughs> Just because they're bad doesn't mean I have to be bad. But I am numbered with the transgressors. Yes. Now, that's something we all have to understand. If you've got citizenship papers here or a green card, you are numbered with what's going on here. And you're going to have to make a choice how you work it out with us. Yes. Amen. And he said, you're at a valley of decision, and you're going to have to determine whether you want prosperity or whether you want this curse to get stronger the next four years. Wow. And he said, how my people worship is how prosperity will manifest. Now, you say, well, where do you get that from? Well, first of all, it's all through the word. But let me show you one scripture out of the book of Joel. I always revisit Joel when God is saying recover and restore. Because it had four layers of devastation on this people and the Lord started reversing each layer of devastation four different locusts and he had to overturn what each one had done to get them back into and the place they needed to be and so in Joel we find this the vine has dried up The fig tree has withered, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree, and also the apple tree. The fruit has dried up. All the trees of the field are withered. Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. Do you see why the Lord tells us to stop today and let him see joy? Because if he can see joy moving down here, he can break the power of everything that's withering. And that's what the book of Joel is about. And then he goes on and says, I'm going to call you to change. And in chapter 2, he says, who knows if I'll turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him But if you change, I will restore the years all those locusts swarmed on you. Now, right now, I want you to lift your hand up and say, we're choosing. Yes, we choose. We're choosing prosperity. And then the Lord really began to deal with me. And this is what took me for a moment for us to get through, and then we're going to worship. He said, remind 
everyone out there, they have a life cycle. And from that life cycle, the enemy must remove your hope. And he must hit you somewhere so that you have no expectation that your future will be recovered. That's what this year is about, recovering our future. And if he can break that life cycle, he can stop movement. I want you to shout with me, there will be a movement. There will be a movement. So he's saying old cycles are breaking. I'm creating loop breaks in your old cycles. Yes. The enemy is trying to keep you going around in a circle like Martha over the same old thing. And he says, Martha, Martha, how long will you be distracted? And how long will you be bogged down? And that means, Martha, how long are you going to drag in circles and try to get everybody else to drag in circles with you? Because she got all angry because Mary wasn't dragging in the circle. And he broke that loop. See, my background is system analysis, and you get in a loop, and you can print out five million pieces of paper with nothing on it. Now, why he's doing this is because he wants you to progress. Yes. And if you don't break the loop, you can't progress. That means ascend forward. And if you keep giving repeated attention to any one thing that is wiping you out, it is going to start shaping you internally. So before long, like when Goliath for 40 days told them they were going to lose the war to the Philistines, By the end of that, they all believed it. You have to say some way, I ain't buying into this. Amen. Now, here's the thing about a cycle. And Darts and I used to teach on this a lot and do deliverance sessions because I needed deliverance. And I went to everything she did for 20 years. Because I wanted every old cycle broken. And a cycle is where this recurring sequence of events happens. But they're timed. And if you will watch how Satan comes in, sends demonic forces in time to repeat a cycle in your life, you'll be able to see it. That's why the Lord said, I'm going to start a new cycle with Feast of Tabernacles in you. And if you'll just get joy today, that old cycle will start breaking. Decree this morning, I'm a loop breaker! And here's what we don't understand. We are living in supernatural times, and this is a phenomenological circumstance that is empowered, that is resisting you for breakthrough, and you need to say, I'm coming through. And so... This is what he said. You're in a process. Go ahead, Brian. You're working through, and I want you to stop for a moment and choose one area that's been the most difficult for you to keep moving forward in. Everywhere you're hearing. Anytime you listen to this message, do it. See, 
Was there a traumatic event that you can't get past? Is there a place of doubt that is robbing your confidence? See, the goal is joy. But if we don't deal with this, we ain't going to get there. Is there a place of disbelief that's stopping you from moving in faith? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith only works by love. So if you have a root of disbelief, that's really the word. Its synonym is unbelief. But disbelief means you can't get a, a steps of process to break out of a thought process. And if there is this disbelief in you that you can't get into a place of faith, that just means you have a lack of love somewhere. It doesn't mean you have a lack of faith because Love produces joy. Faith works by love. And you always got to check out your love meter. And you've got, and I mean, in a world like today, you could easily get out of love. And then it usually works in three ways. You have an infirmity and you can't break out of that infirmity. That woman had that bent over back for 18 years. Satan put it on her and she couldn't get it off of her. And you want to move from disbelief to faith to break infirmity and enter into healing. Most of us have problems with money. Therefore, this poverty spirit comes on you and says, God is not capable of really taking care of this. That's what poverty says. God is not able. It has a voice. And what you do is you lose the process or the strategy for your increase. And Satan loves it. God doesn't want you to be a, a beggar. That's it. Remember in the word of God, when that guy begged for 38 years at the gate, beautiful, finally the Lord said, I am tired of this. That's right. And he kept walking by him all those years that he ministered for three straight years. He walked by that gate with that guy begging, never did a thing, and some way he kicked in with Peter when Peter walked by. And Peter said, I ain't got no money. Rise and be healed. Flip the switch. And eight times out of ten, it's over religion. Because religion gets you into a mindset, if you'll just do everything right, it will all work out. And what happens to you when you try to do everything right is some way or another you get condemned. And all you got to do is say, what you want me to do? Lord, I'll do anything you tell me. And that's the new thing that he's telling you to do. Might be something you've already done before. There are certain things I do every day. But then that doesn't keep me from him saying, you're going to do this today. And when I do that, I break through. Now, this is what the Lord wants me to do. He wants, wants me to explain these three things to you, but not from the way that I've explain, explained them in the past. 
He said, show them the benefit of trauma that they are in so that they can grab hold of my benefits and break up out of it. See, trauma is an event. It can be a one-time thing. It can be because you've lived in stress for eight years. It can be cyclical. But trauma is an event that creates this upsetting emotional upheaval in you that causes you to not be sound. That causes you to have confusion in your thoughts and memories and it results in anxiety and fear and those two spirits will not leave your life if you don't deal with the trauma. But there are benefits in your trauma hmm. that will let it work through the pro- if you will let it work through the processes of your thoughts you will become an incredible saint with power. Now let's stand up again. What are the benefits of trauma? We're about just like what can he restore? All of you at home, you need to stand up. Trauma tries to hold you captive like a coffin And if you will bring God into that trauma, He will cause by the Spirit for you to be flexible and think outside that box that the enemy's trying to put you in. Wow. Tell somebody I'm coming out of my box. It also does this it causes you to learn how disaster. It tries to work against you, so you never, re- and if you don't learn it, you can't ever recover. Because once you learn how the enemy brought that trauma on you, you can take back everything he took from you two times, four times, seven times, ten times, thirty times, sixty times, and a hundredfold. Trauma has a goal of isolation. Trauma's going to force you to need somebody next to you. Tell somebody, it looks like i got to hook up with you. I can't get out of this mess without you. I need your gift. Trauma makes you, if you will let God come into that trauma, it will cause you like the woman at the well to understand worship and say, I ain't living here without seeing reality in this thing. I've slept with everybody in town. I have done everything you could do, but I have met a man that knows how to break me out of this cycle, I'm gonna drop my jar and run. Drop the bucket! Drop the bucket! And trauma has a goal to make you lose your future. The minute trauma comes against you, you need to stop and say, Lord, come down in here because for this to be trying to do me under, I know you got a future for me. Amen. You may be seated. That's what Feast of Tabernacles is about. Now, in it, we go into doubt. I mean, some of you get so condemned because you doubt certain things. Doubt is a process we go through. You're working some things out. You don't have it yet. 
Doubt is where you don't have confidence over which road to take. And you're going to have to make a decision somewhere. This is where the valley of decision comes in. You're going to have to make a decision where to turn. But doubt, if you'll listen to that voice of doubt, it can be a great benefit to help you process your thoughts. Because there's some reason it's coming in your life. Now let's stand up one more time. <laughs> there's benefits of doubt. Doubt shows you have a weakness somewhere. And the joy of the Lord will be your strength once you overcome that weakness you have, that doubt is speaking into you. And that weakness, you need to understand, is doing nothing more than preparing you for a future. Yeah. Shout it out loud, I got a future coming. There is going to be words that come to you that create, create doubt and you're trying to put them together in your choice mechanism of your thought processes so all of a sudden you can foresee certain things you haven't thought about and already know when you hit that roadblock how to make the turn. So doubt sometimes is slowing down your action so you get in time until you get faith settled within you. Yes. So doubt is causing you to question certain things, but if you don't give in and come under it and lead a doubting life, you become a very certain, single-minded person. Tell someone, I'm on the road to sanity. Now, just stay standing. I'm almost through. The Lord dealt with their unbelief constantly. Unbelief can cause you to believe. Because if you recognize how unbelieving you are and that you are the only thing you've got that can work this thing out, my Lord, you want to find something else bigger than you, better than you, more capable than you. And anytime unbelief is trying to take you over, it's showing you how you really do not believe something. And you need to start resisting it because it will lead you to despair and cause you to have an early death. Wow. Anytime unbelief comes against you, it is coming against you because you have a great future. That's right. That's right. And you need to say, I'm going to come through this by believing that there is somebody that can bring me through. Michelle, worship team, get ready. I want you to sing that song. I'm telling you, and this is what the verse I want to leave with. It's where Jesus came back to his disciples because they were filled with unbelief. They had walked with him for three years. Unbelief is a spirit that invades your thought processes. 
and they had walked with him for three years, but they had gone through trauma. This is what, how they all three worked together. They had gone through this trauma and forgotten the prophetic word he'd given them at the beginning of their walk. That's how unbelief infiltrates your brain and your thoughts and your mind and your heart. Jacob had revival because his heart was filled with unbelief. A spirit of unbelief overtook him when the sons lied to him and said, Joseph is dead. Here's that mantle you gave him. He went into unbelief because he thought he had lost the future and the double portion ahead. And 17 years later, here those same sons are coming back telling him the truth and bringing him all this supply Joseph has sent him and saying Joseph is now over Egypt and we headed down there to be with him. It said the spirit of unbelief left him. Unbelief can infiltrate your heart and make you think you have lost your future. Say out loud, I got a good future. So, why the Lord says today, the joy of the Lord Say it out loud. The joy of the Lord needs to be my strength because I'm going to overturn trauma. I'm going to overturn doubt. I'm going to overturn unbelief. I'm going to make them work it out for me. You need to say it right now. I'm going to make all three of them work it out on my behalf. Because I got a great future. Now shout, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes. Yeah.